This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that can have an impact on your career. Today, we'll be speaking with Shoreen Magame, who's an expert at helping people communicate in effective, strategic ways. Shoreen began her career as a broadcast and print journalist, and at a young age, she found herself with a front row seat at the O.J. Simpson trial. Shoreen's experience reporting on high-profile stories was the foundation of her current role as a communications strategist and coach for major corporations. She understands how to build credibility, how to handle crises, how to protect reputations, and how to get your messages across in a highly competitive marketplace. As Shoreen tells the story of her career, she'll offer tips to support yours, like why communicating at work often starts with focusing on your audience. The main theme for me in my life and my work from you know, being a reporter to what I do now has always really been focused on really helping people tell their stories better. Yeah. Um, you know, so whether it was in covering, I used to cover, I covered criminal trials, and, you know, one of my first jobs was covering the O.J. Simpson trial, and um, I covered lots of murder trials, and, and uh, you know, I was really attracted to the victims and their families and telling their stories and, you know, sort of took that into the corporate world and what I do now and, and really working with people um, directly, whether it's a CEO or it's, you know, a couple weeks ago, just working with regular people on teams who just want to be able to tell their stories better, who want to be able to get up and help present themselves better and be able to help effectively advocate for themselves and for their work. And I mean, that's like what I'm most kind of passionate about. Well, that is what I want to primarily talk about today. But let's let's start out um, a little further back. Here, here on Jazzed sure. About Work, we're kind of fascinated by the stories of mm-hmm. people's career and how people may launch in one direction and shift and the twists and turns that make it possible for us all to stay really engaged in, in our work. And I, I think your beginnings was one of the more interesting ones. I, I had heard that at a young age, you found yourself for maybe a year with a front row seat of the whole O.J. Simpson saga. Yep. Uh, what was yep. that like, starting out as a young journalist in the deep end like that? It was insane. <laughs> it really was. It was, you know, I was one of six reporters who had permanent full-time seats in the courtroom. And I oh, wow. literally had a front row seat to history. And it, you know, and I think that the interesting thing about it, because I was so young and because I was so inexperienced still, I didn't realize fully the magnitude of what I was had the privilege of being a part of mm-hmm. um, until much later, until really just the past couple of years when, the, you know, the stories came out again and there was the anniversary and there was the miniseries and there was the documentary and it, and I was able to really look back with, with time and 
and think, oh my God, I really, what I was part of was really historic. Um, and I really feel uh, lucky to have been able to have that experience. It was historic in a variety of ways, including in the history of journalism and how um, trials like this are covered and in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds as though you did a number of high-profile trials and uh, you had really an amazing start as a broadcaster and journalist. What triggered your your shift? How was it you shifted from that high-flying journalism career to take the skills and, and apply them in a different way? You know, it ended up being uh, really a personal life decision. I think that I was very lucky in that I experienced a lot really, really quickly. And so I went from working at a, a wire service to being on air on network television in, you know, breathtaking amount of time. And so I had a lot of experiences that most people take years and years and years to build up to, so that was really lucky. Um, But I also wanted to have, I think I wanted to have a career that was, that I could also really have a family at that time was really important to me. Um, And I wasn't sure that I would really be able to do that in the way that I wanted and do both is the real answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the business was changing and I wasn't sure that I was prepared to change with it in the way that it was changing. And so I thought I would try something else and see, see how that was. I had some friends who had made a shift and, uh, it, you know, it, it turned out that I was lucky enough to embark on another really exciting career in which I been able to also be a part of some really historic things, um, but just in a really different way. So where did you begin this new career? How did, what did you first start doing as a communication strategist and coach and expert? So the first thing I did was I started working at a independent PR firm that focused in crisis communications. And this was in about you know, this was about eight, gosh, long time ago now. But the the founder of that firm, his name is Mike Citrick, um, had a philosophy that at the time was very unique and that he intentionally hired journalists because his philosophy was that you can teach PR to journalists, but it's not as easy to teach storytelling and, and, and finding news and understanding news and understanding good stories to, to people who haven't been trained um, in that way. So he intentionally sought out journalists to come and work with him and to really um, help work with his clients and to help manage high-profile crisis situations. So that was the very first thing I did coming out of news. And, and, I, and it was great because I still had that same you know, rush of being part of a breaking story and, and really being part of something that was fast moving and, and, and helping to tell a story, but just from the other side. So it was a really interesting transition. So you've evolved in a few ways, and now it feels like you're kind of at the, the top of the pile of people who are working with big corporations, um, and you're 
you're you're in the big time and and you're working on reputation management and executive visibility and um, you're helping people tell the stories um, in a variety of situations. Is that right? That's right. So what I do is I really still see myself very much as somebody who, whereas in, you know, in news, I helped people get their story out. Um, and I feel like I do that now, whether it's working directly with a CEO and helping to understand his business, his or her business strategy and, and how they can best communicate that, or it's working with others within a company on really how to tell their personal story, how to, you know, present themselves um, in a way that will benefit themselves, their career, their business objectives, and their goals. Um, or whether it's working with companies still, you know, who are going through challenging times and, and helping them to communicate through that, to be transparent, to to be upfront, and to tell their story in a way that, that is going to... Um, you know, help help them com- connect with their consumer or their customers, um, and also you know their employees. Has your work changed dramatically in the last few years because of social media? The business has changed very much because of you know when I started, it was you know so much about earned media or what we think of as traditional media. So getting a story in the New York Times or Forbes or getting, you know, in those days on Oprah or the Today Show. I mean, all of that is still very, very important. But that was that was the main thing. And now there's, there's so much more um, that drives the conversation. And, you know, so many people now are, you know, the way we, we consume news has just changed so dramatically. Um, not not only since I was in the news business, but just in the past five years. I mean, now, as, as, as you know, everybody, most people get their news from their mobile devices. Um, much of it is curated through the lens of their friends and through social media. And really, you know, things happen so, so much faster than they ever have before um, that that companies and our clients need to be prepared and they need to act fast, and, and oftentimes they don't have a lot of time to make really big, quick decisions that can impact their businesses and their reputations. Well, it has changed dramatically, and, and um, you know, we've had a, a few folks, uh, young uh, experts, particularly on Just About Work, are talking about just how fast uh, the social media technology is moving and how we really have to kind of hustle to get ahead of all that. But I think, notwithstanding that, everybody in the workplace, sooner or later, has to do not just social media, but um, they have to have face-to-face um, mm-hmm. opportunities to tell their story, whether it means just you and your boss or you're making a presentation to your team or you're going out to the public to um, present your um, uh, business's case or your your you know, personal views, whatever it is. And I one of the things that I, I liked about um, some of the pieces you wrote is you really, I think, do get to the basics of storytelling. And I thought your tips might 
be useful for our readers because everybody has to learn uh, to present themselves if they're going to, to be successful in their career. Well, I read um, in a post you wrote that there seem to be two things people often forget. One is they forget themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they forget um, what you said. They leave out the most important part of their presentation themselves, and the other is they forget their audience. Can right. can you talk a little bit first about what you meant when you said uh, presenters often um, leave out themselves from the equation? Well, I think very much, you know, it's it's so interesting to me. So, so many times I will come in, and even sometimes it's with, you know, a CEO of a, a large company, and I'm brought in, sometimes I'm brought in to say, do prepare them for a media interview. And, you know, they're very concerned about how they should look or how, where they should put their hands. And, and I say, well, let's, let's talk about your story first. What is, why are we doing this? What is the point? What is the message you want to get? What is your objective? What is your agenda? Can you define that in one sentence? And many, many people cannot. And many people go into uh, a presentation or a media interview or a meeting with their boss, and they really they don't have an agenda. They don't have that North Star that's going to ground them and give them that purpose to be there. They haven't taken that time to really think that through and 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 have a reason for being there and then ground themselves and base the rest of, of what they're going to say on that objective, on that agenda, on what it is they want to accomplish. And then secondly, the other mistake I see people make is they don't think about their audience. They're so wrapped up in, you know, what are people going to think about me? You know, how am I being perceived? How am I being that they forget, especially when it comes to making a presentation, they forget that they have an audience that is giving them the most precious thing, which is your time. And they don't think about why are they giving them that time. What is it that this audience needs from me? Um, what can I give them? And so I tell my, my, my clients that to focus on the audience, to focus on what it is they can give that audience, and to think about the audience, their agenda, but also the audience's agenda, and how can you, how can you meet in the middle? We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Ready to advance your career while accommodating your busy schedule? Central Ohio's only Executive Master of Public Administration program for working professionals can help you. It's conducted by the Ohio University Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at the new Ohio Dublin Center campus. It's affordable and meets just three weekends per semester. No GRE is required for admission. For more information, visit O-E-M-P-A dot Ohio dot E-D-U.
Before your client goes out to make a big speech, you might ask, what's your goal? What are you trying to get out of this? And who are the people in the room and what do they care about? Is, is that about right? Absolutely. Why are they there? I mean, it's going to be, you know, you're, you want to tailor your communication to your audience. So if you were, for example, a CEO and you're going to meet with uh, investors, that's going to be maybe a very different kind of conversation than if you're going to meet with uh, a group of college students that you're hoping to recruit or you're going to speak at a university uh, graduation, for example, right? Um, and so many people just kind of go at at the same thing, you know, the, the different, different audiences in the same way, um, and really don't think through what is it that this audience needs from me, um, and how can I provide that, and how can I connect with them? Uh, I tell, you know, one of the things I like to tell my clients is, you know, everyone is so, so worried, and especially people who are in these really high-pressure jobs that, you know, they have the, they're always under the microscope, so they're just so worried about being perfect, about always appearing perfect. So I tell them, worry about the connection, not perfection. Worry about connecting with that audience. Uh, because the truth is that we're human. And when we, if we stumble and if we you know, make a mistake or we backtrack or we laugh about it, the audience understands that and appreciates that. Um, because they see that you're connecting to them and they see that, that, that you want to give them back something. And so um, I find, and for myself, this works too. You know, I, I learned it. I learned most of my tips the hard way, having to do it myself, is when I was focused on the audience, I did so much better um, than when I was focused on myself. I think there's a Another benefit, too, by fo of focusing on the audience, a lot of people, even if they've had a good bit of experience, get nervous before a presentation. Yeah. And kind of the more they overthink it, speaking for myself, the more they might get nervous over something that's fairly simple. But I find that if I focus on the audience, if I'm thinking about the audience and what they want and what they need and what their likely situation is and so forth pretty quickly forget about myself. And so focusing on the audience, at least in my own head, even before I'm in the room, is a, is a good way to um, prepare to connect and not be nervous. Do you, do you see that that's often the case? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think going back to what you said earlier, just that and, and, and not forgetting that human component, you talked about, you know, also sharing yourself. And we you know, we leave, we leave that part, we forget that we are wired to connect to other people as humans, and we're wired to do that through, through stories. So bringing in those stories about yourself, making yourself more human for your audience and connecting with them in that way, it's, it's not only going to help your audience, it's going to help you. That connection is two ways. And uh, so it's, you know, sometimes I say you got to give to get. Yes. <laughs> So you really, like, you give and you're going to get it back. Um, if you're just waiting to get it back and you're just so internally like, oh, what are they thinking of me? Oh, that person's looking at his phone. Or 
it's it's going to be so much harder to give an impactful presentation. That reminds me of um, a little, I guess, technical point that you wrote about, and that is when you're speaking before an audience, it may be tempting to keep uh, looking across the rows of faces so that you're looking at everybody, but you might connect better if you actually find some people who are looking at you and making icon tact and kind of connect at least for a few seconds by focusing on individuals. Is that right? Absolutely. I find that a lot of times people think that they have to just be constantly scanning the room. And when you do that, you don't, you really don't create a connection. But when you find one person at a time and you're able to like deliver a point to them at a time, you do make a connection um, to each, to that person, which Somehow, I don't know how, but it permeates throughout the room. And I think it's because you feel more connected to the audience and you're catching someone's eye and you're making a point to them. You know, I, I actually learned this sitting in church, uh, listening to a pastor who I would marvel at how he always made it feel like he was talking to you individually. And since I was a communications person, I went and asked him, how do you do that? How are you doing this? And he said, you know, I connect with people one person at a time. And uh, I really found that that is very helpful, not only for the audience to feel connected to you, but you to feel connected to the audience. Sometimes I, um, when I'm listening to somebody say the questions at the end of a class or whatever I'm doing, I almost sort of feel this like energy flow, sort of from my heart to theirs. I mean, it feels like if you can get in a bit of a dialogue at the end, that forms a connection pretty quickly. And other people seem to to be tolerant and actually pleased to see you connecting with an individual in kind of a Q&A way. Is that, is that true? Typically? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I always like to quote Maya Angelou, people may uh, forget what you said, but they, never, and they may forget what you did, but they never forget how you made them feel. So if you made them feel heard, if you made them feel connected, if you made them feel engaged, they're going to remember that about you. And, you know, when it comes to presentations, the, the two things I say, you know, the first, the first most important part is the beginning, right, because people are going to decide right away, very, very quickly people decide if they're going to listen to you, and, if, and then the end, you know, what you leave them with. Uh, so those two things are very, very important, and, you know, how you answer the questions and, 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 and how you engage with them is really important. Um, how is it you want to make people feel? And I actually... I ask my clients that question specifically. I say, how, what is it that you want the audience to, how do you want them to feel walking out of this room? It's a great First, question. First I say, what do you want them to say if they go meet someone who wasn't in the room and asked about the speech or the, you know, talking to you? What do you want them to say about it? And two, how do you want them to feel? Well, I think those are perfect questions. How, how do they tend to respond? Do they, have they thought about it, or are they taken aback by those questions? No, they're usually taken aback by them. Mm-hmm. Most people do not think about that. Um, but it really helps. It really helps because then when you're going through it, 
you have that to guide you and you you have that that opportunity to say okay am i doing this is this going to for example is it a, is it supposed to be motivating is it supposed to be you know what 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 kind of conversation or what kind of speech or what kind of presentation do you want to have like how do you want to leave them feel motivated inspired um you know sometimes it's a it's a hard one maybe warned right uh, or put on notice, or who, who knows? But really thinking that through, and uh, and then tailoring everything you have, really curating the information you have so that you're achieving the goal that you want is important. And too often, I think we think that more is better. Yeah, and it's not. So, um, so I try to work with my clients on really let's curate the information thinking through what's your agenda, how you want them to feel, and what they're looking for. And if it doesn't, you know, fall into that sweet spot in the middle there, then it probably doesn't belong in here. Well, I think that's very good advice. And I just have one more question. Um, If somebody's out there um, and is looking for an expert like you, where can they find you? online or how how might people reach you or look you up online i'm on linkedin um and i work at a large global pr firm called uh burson marsteller recently has uh, merged with another one called uh, conan wolf so we're soon to be burson conan wolf um so they can either find me on linkedin or uh through my company and you're in the la office is that right Yes, I live in Los Angeles, but uh, I, I spend a lot of time on airplanes. <laughs> I understand that. Well, thank you so much for joining me. You have some excellent tips, and I'd encourage our listeners to kind of listen to what you've suggested and maybe just practice it in their daily life. You can practice these kind of skills connecting with your family and neighbors, can't you? Absolutely. And you know what? You raised such a great point in that practice practice, practice. You know, everybody watches these TED Talks and marvels at how great they are and and, and how well these presenters do and how they connect with their audience. I, it is my understanding that they practice those talks for about five, four to six months. That's a lot Um, of practice. So practice, 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 practice. It's maybe a cliche, but practice makes perfect. Okay, well, that is a good way to end. Thank you so much for visiting with me today. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for all that you do. Today, we've been talking with communications coach and strategist, Shoreen Magameh, who understands the power of telling consistent, authentic stories. Today's career tip is that when making a presentation, the starting point is to focus on your audience. You don't talk to your boss in the same way that you talk to your spouse or best friend, do you? And yet many people make the mistake of focusing so much on their content that they lose track of who they're trying to convince. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. 